on one hand, I have my son's dad who's very much present. And then I have my husband who's very much present. And so sometimes I feel like I get lost a little bit in trying to make sure that everyone's, you know, it's like Feels a mind feel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I I have to, had to work on not shrinking myself and my desires in this whole experience because there's two very strong alpha males and then I'm raising a son too. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it's Wednesday. It's my favorite day. My favorite it's day. It's my favorite day. Happy hump day, y'all. Happy hump day. I hope y'all are humping and fucking. Humping and fucking. Not just fucking, but humping and fucking. For the love of God, someone fuck for me. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a dry season. <laughs> Not a dry season. Very, very dry. It's parched. It's par- the pussy <laughs> is parched. I wouldn't say the pussy is parched. Push, <laughs> pussy is very wet. You can get if you get V vitamins, your pussy won't be parched. My V vitamins keeps my pussy very moisturized <laughs> and activated, but the season of sex is dry. Moisturized, not fertilized. Just want to be clear <laughs> no about that. No fertilization. <laughs> the pussy is moisturized and not fertilized. There will be no fertilization happening in the next four hundred and thirty-five days plus. Do you, do you remember that song? How you like your eggs? Fried or fertilized? No, I do not. <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Why would anyone want their eggs fertilized? It was just a funny song. I was like, like was it, were they talking about ovaries? Yes. How you like your eggs? Fried or fertilized? Well, why would I want to fry my ovaries? It was just a funny joke. I don't know. Okay. I'm just a question. Maybe if you don't want them fertilized, you fry them. That sounds like a, like a hysterectomy or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, no fertilized eggs over here, God. Do you hear that? Dear Jesus, no <laughs> fertilized eggs in the next two to three years. Please, God, Please, no, God. no. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking like this now. Is it because we're in Georgia? We're in Georgia. <laughs> I don't think that people talk like this here. No, they don't. They talk like, what's that? what you say over there? How about what you say over there? You're going to go down to the Central <laughs> I was like, what? That's how Atlanta people talk. You don't, you have to really listen. Oh, okay. We go down there, make a straight, make a left, then make a rise. That's what I talk. I'm like, okay, <laughs> got it. I'm fluent in it because I used to live here. So if you have any, if you need to be translated, just let me know. If Mila's gonna let everyone know, and you've ever met her, that she lived here. She has a real Atlanta resident. She lived here for seven years. I was Did. a hot girl in these streets. She, okay, everyone knows. I went out last night. I ran into someone I know. You know why? Pop it in these streets. <laughs> you are a legend. I am. I'm you're an Atlanta a vintage, legend. A vintage legend. <laughs> if you're here in the early 2000s, 2006, and seven years after that, you know me. That's like the late 2000s. Okay, well. <laughs> Don't age yourself, honey. Oh, I'm not. Even though I think you were here in 01. No. We all know you were just getting into high school, maybe. No. I just got out of high school. Oh, wait. 2006. 2001? 2001. Oh, no, no. I don't know where I was in my journey then. <laughs> Junior high? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Don't be hating on me because I'm trying to tell everybody I used to be in these streets. I am bicoastal. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, anyway, what's up? <sighs> Nothing. Just being a New York Times bestselling author. Oh my god, me too, bitch. You too? Is, yeah. How's That's it feel? crazy. How does it feel? It feels great. It does, right? Yeah. I feel like a boss bitch. I feel like I feel like this. Just for visuals. 
this is like mine. This is like I'm is there. that an, is that an author? Yeah. Look, oh, I was like I seasoned, like very smart. Okay. I write books, and I drink tea. Oh, you like that? If you if you're not watching on YouTube, I really want to encourage you to <laughs> to pause right now and go to our YouTube so you can see whatever the fuck she just did. <laughs> um, shout out to our shout out to our subscribers on YouTube. We love you guys. You guys show us love all every week and keep leaving comments, keep sharing, keep subscribing, share the reels, the shorts as they call them. I think on the YouTubes. Um, if you're just listening, you gotta go to YouTube because we're fine as fuck. I know, and I bought a shirt that I'm gonna return on, in, at Nordstrom's next week, so you should check it out now. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're an author, you can't say stuff like that. She's keeping it. <laughs> we're rich, and she's keeping it. I threw the receipt away. <laughs> you don't need a receipt at know, Nordstrom's. <laughs> you don't need much of anything. You just need to I bring it back, anymore. even if it has makeup on it. They don't give a fuck. I wore this last night. I just want to know what they do with all the shit that they get back that's fucked up. I know, because Nordstrom has been- Do they wash it? It's do been they on the map for this reason for hundreds of they years. They know it. They do this on purpose. But like, I don't know if it's good for taxes or whatever, <laughs> but like, they must have like an in-house laundry. Dry cleaner, probably. Dry cleaner, right? That, like, that makes sense. That cleans old, like, shit that people bring back. I don't know. Okay, well. That would make sense, then. Let us know, Nordstrom. <sighs> anyway, um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm great. I got. I was. I didn't go out last night, but I was still up when you came back. I yeah, was, I was. I was like. <laughs> I was like. I'm gonna be locked out of the house, and then you're like, okay. It's like perfect. Yeah, I know. I was up. I was hanging out with Samaya. Shout out to Samaya. Sexual Essentials. We're actually sitting in her content house in Atlanta, you guys. It's officially open, so make sure if you are a podcaster, a content creator, she has a beautiful, beautiful home with multiple rooms, multiple vibes. If you saw our episode with Samaya, we were in a whole other space, and now we're in a new space. So just definitely check out at S-E Content House on Instagram and um, support black women, you know? She got sets on sets on sets. She got sets on sets on sets. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's just get into it. Let's do it. Um, I'm really excited, you guys, because we have a special guest today. We finally <laughs> connected because I've been trying to get this bitch on my show for a long time. A long ass time since I discovered she listened to the show. I was like, you listen. You- Every Wednesday. Like, oh this God. is how I knew to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> because I know the drill. <laughs> you hear that, YouTube? You see that YouTube? It's We're a not podcast. Rude. We're not rude. They're not rude. It's their <laughs> thing. This is an audio show that has ventured to visuals. We are not rude, people. We actually talk to the guests before they even sit down on the camera. I know it's crazy to believe, but we, we we're coexisting before this very moment. They gave me tea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I would love to welcome to the guest the amazing artist herself, creator, singer, songstress. Actress, um, supreme impersonator, vocal impersonator. I don't know what else I'm missing. Mother, mother wife, yes, mother, mother, wife, daughter. Yes. <laughs> Jade Nova. Hey. I'm so excited. This is so surreal. I promise I listen to you guys every single Wednesday. It's like my... My 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 alone time. Your like, girl time. I'm serious. I have my headphones on. I'm juicing. <laughs> no one knows what's going on in the house. I'm just cracking the fuck up. Like, <laughs> so yes, this is surreal. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. That makes me feel so good that you listen and that you enjoy it. I do. I really do. I I love that. I, 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 Erica told me like Jade Nova listens to the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we ran into you uh, last year at um, Spotify Essence party Fest. at Essence Fest. Yeah. 
And I'm really, I told her when she walked in, I'm like, I'm so happy that you still like us. <laughs> I can't, you, you still like us? We're still cool because we were drunk as fuck. Uh-huh. Like on one, like on one. You couldn't tell us shit. We had just left Janet Jackson. Is that where we were? Okay, no, shut up. No. We were, we had went to go see Janet Jackson. Um, we took some magic mushrooms. Yes, Slash also drank alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> we were at Essence Fest. So like, I feel like when black people get around like a, a, like a lot of black people, you get like energized. Well, see, the alcohol was kind of like beyond my control because. <laughs> uh-uh. No, it was because at Essence Fest, if you've ever been or if you've just ever been to New Orleans, you can't go there without becoming an alcoholic for the time that you're you there. You literally can't avoid it. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Like, if you don't drink, like, what are you, gonna what do? are you doing? Like, <laughs> if you're not eating all fried foods, like, I literally had to walk, like, a mile to find a vegetable. I went to a, re- a restaurant because I was like, where the fuck well, are salads? Then it balances itself out. It did. But <laughs> I felt ill after us. It oh, took me about dang. two weeks to recover from that trip. It was intense. But we also did the maximum amount. We like maxed of out. Shrooms? No, just everything. Oh, like, just like every event, every possible thing that we could like just do. Every party, every bar, every person we could connect with. It was a lot. But I'm so happy we connected with you mm-hmm. and that you're still our friend because we did. We were drunk, and I, I, I have like brief moments of remembrance of the night. I do remember us smoking. Then mm-hmm. I remember me behind the Spotify bar because the bartender stepped away for like, I don't know, she probably went to the bathroom and I said, fuck her. I'm the bartender now. <laughs> and I started pouring drinks for the party. And I then, had footage, and then I got kicked out. I got in trouble. This big, the bartender was like, <laughs> she grabbed the bottle out of my hand. And me and Eric are just cracking up. Like, why would you even be back there? <laughs> they kicked out at the party or you just got kicked out of the bar? Kicked bar. Out the bar. Oh, okay. Thankfully, yeah. the party was like close to ending. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we would have. I'm glad we showed out. up at the end and not anywhere near the beginning. Um, and then we, the girl who invited us to the Spotify party, we then kidnapped her and took her to the strip club. In which I was having like these really dark thoughts and Jamila was getting mad at me because I just trigger disclaimer here. The, the, the strip club was like, where was it? Where was pressure. It? pressure. Pressure rep. with the good fried fish. The food was bomb <laughs> at pressure. Let's I just know. be clear about that. But the vibes were strange and it seemed like a, um, a wedding hall of some sort. Hmm. And everyone was kind of just standing on it the edges. Weird. And I told me, I was like, this is where people go to get raped. And she was like, <laughs> I was like, you are so negative. And she's like, you're so negative. And she like, didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> Why are you being so negative? Get away from That's me. dark. My mushroom high went dark. Okay. Yeah. I started seeing visuals. I, I was felt bad for the strippers. Like everyone was on the edges. It was like, just weird. It wasn't, it didn't seem like a celebration. It seemed like, I mean, I've been there several times. Like Tijuana, Mexico. I went there the other time I went and like, I'm saying that the highlight is the fish. I don't know what the hoes are doing there. They're not doing much dancing. There's not a lot of money being thrown. It was too big. They they need to downsize. And then they have the nerve to be super ridiculously overpriced. Okay, let's not. We're giving them a We're getting getting sidetracked. Anyway, thanks for being here with us. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I wore this mushroom shirt because of you guys because it's like commemorative of the first time I met you guys. Do you, do you do mushrooms? I have done mushrooms and it's amazing. Yeah. I did. I did. When was the last time? My husband and I were in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, and we vibe. were just in the ocean ah. listening to Stevie Wonder and then I cried and then oh. the lady who worked there was like, you look so beautiful when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was Thank like, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, it's, I've, I've had a few trips. Mushrooms will definitely bring the, the tears. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It'll also bring the love. Like if you're in love with someone mm-hmm. and you do mushrooms, you're going to be in love times 400. You're like, <laughs> oh my facts. God, I really do love you. Girl, I, yeah, I was in love with nature. The water felt like a little mermaid. And, and Devin was just standing in the water like this. He's like, I am king. I'm like, why are you? He's like, this is, I can just keep all the energy inside of me. I'm like, nigga, do you. It was like, <laughs> meanwhile, you're talking you're like, Yo, it was it was great. I could just see you too. Dang, I should have bought y'all some of the chocolates I have. I have like two bars of mushroom chocolates. Bring that I haven't Mexico. opened. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You're telling me to travel internationally. <laughs> with the it's just chocolate. Okay. You're talking to the smuggler herself. Teach like, me your ways. Well, I have nature's pocket. This is actually the first. I don't tr- think you should put mushroom chocolate. I don't in your think pussy. I was telling her. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Nature's pocket is your pussy, by the way. Just oh, so you know. I thought That's it was a brand knows. of shrooms. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be a good brand. Nature's pocket. Oh, so you... St- I'm not putting mushroom chocolates in my pussy. Yeah, no. Probably weed. I'll put it in my vagina. Yeah. Would you put raw mushrooms in your pussy? You might I, get high. I would take chances. No, you wrap it correct. You wrap it in a way that... Huh. You put it in the condom. The basically. more you know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just say the condom because then bitches are going to just put like straight drugs in a the condom. They're going to be smoking fucking spermicide ass weed. Listen, like, there's instructions. We, these are all for entertainment purposes only. Correct. I don't smuggle drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened of the sort. Um, but, but if you were to, if, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, I mean, you're authors, so you guys can create these. So, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, you need a couple Ziploc bags. You need to remove all the air out of them. You need to roll them like a burrito. Mm-hmm. Then you need to roll them in some paper towels to soften them. And then you take the burrito, roll the Ziploc bag, covered in paper towels, and then you pop that into a condom. And then you tie one side of the condom with all the air out. Don't get the air in that. It's the hand gestures for me. And then you tie it like a balloon, and then you insert it. You put lube on it or something? Well, you know, this condom already has that weird smelly shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you put it at... I mean, if you need lube, I've had to use that when I had to take a lot one time. <laughs> Again, this didn't happen. This never happened. And then you have a little tie hanging. And then when you get to your destination, preferably when you're, you know, it depends how you're feeling. I've done it in the air. I haven't done it. <laughs> you could do it. Could right, you do figure it. it out from there. <laughs> then you remove it. <laughs> figure it out from there. Cough. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I've had people contact me in my DMs like, hey, can you tell me how to... Well, you know, in in the theme of all of this, this is a good mom's guide to... um, This month's theme is a good mom's guide to not necessarily stuffing weed in your pussy, but all things other things. All things. (laughs) All things other things. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show this month. I'm excited to be here. And as we dive into our book, which is out now, you guys, A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices, it's officially out Make sure you pick up a book for you, your your sister, your mama, whoever. Um, your cousin. Your cousin. Um, but Jade, I don't like know that much about you. Oh, so shit. I That's why I'm just, here. I'm going to get into it. Let's do it. Where are you from, Jade? Mm. Tell us. I'm from Cleveland, what Ohio. What is your origin story? Cleveland, your origin Ohio. My story. origin story. <laughs> my mama and my daddy. So Lay down. They, yes. They hand sang. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Have you always been like, how did you get into, I guess, entertainment and music and, mm. and writing and being an artist? Was it something that you were Ooh. into as a young, young child? Yeah, like both my parents are pretty musical. And then I was in a girl group from the time I was like eight to 18 years oh, old. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really intense. What we was didn't... the name of the group? Yeah. Oh, God. It was called, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I didn't name it. I was the child. Um, Total Package. 
Total okay. That was the name of it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we did all the stuff that girl groups do minus the success. And, <laughs> yeah. Did you have, was your mom like Tina Knowles and House of Darion? No, she was you not. You have an obsession with House of Darion. <laughs> you clearly do. <laughs> no, I was you obsessed. Did, I, like, do you remember the little office? hoodie from that Beyonce had in the Irreplaceable video? Like, um, I wanted it so bad. Is and fur it, on it? Yeah, the fur on the hood, and I wanted it, and it was sold out, so, like, I bought it off someone and gave them, like, double. It's such a stupid thing, but, yeah. But, yeah, no, I was in a group, and then um, it was a weird time with the industry. That was when you hadn't had to go through the major label system. There wasn't much social media, so I was sort of turned off from the industry because it was very much a controlled space, telling me what to wear, telling me the songs that I had to sing, telling me how I had to act. So it really fucked me up. Honestly, I'm still like have some residual shit from the way that you had to present yourself or don't eat that. And oh, like at 12, you know, like it was a lot of shit with that. Um, But then, yeah. So once I got out of that group around 18, 19, I started writing. That's how I felt like, okay, this is the way I can get my foot in the door with music without having to be an artist or a puppet. And then a few years later, I met my now husband at a writing camp. It was like a Rock Nation writing camp. And he's like, yo, like, why aren't you an artist? And, you know, so we just started working together, used social media, and that just changed my whole shit. Like, we've been working ever since. I love that. Yeah. Like, took a control of your career. Yes. I remember, like, those days, too, because I was telling you off, off camera that I used to work at Geffen. Yeah. And I just remember, like, just the machine yeah. and just the control and, like, Artists not having any say on the, the songs. They couldn't even write their own no. songs, even if they had the talent. Correct. It was like, no, we've commissioned these people to write for you. Yeah. This is your artist expression. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's like, I guess, the blessing of social media is that it really has allowed creatives to really take control of their creative process. Mm-hmm. Team independent artists by choice. No desire to be in that major label system. Well, it's like robbery. They like they like own you and they steal your t- they steal your voice. Yeah, and they Mine. take your your masters. Yeah, like the like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, little. I was yeah. thinking Little Mermaid. I was thinking that like yeah. just like Little Mermaid. Like That's Ursula. what that movie was really about. Yeah, stealing the her masters. The yeah. Ursula taking your masters. <laughs> Ursula is the major la- record label. Ursula is the man. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys moved here together to Atlanta? No. So I had just moved to Atlanta. I met him like two weeks into moving here. And he yeah. lived here already? He lived here. He was already here a few years. He's from Georgia. Yeah. And did, did you guys know initially, like, that? It, like, did you, it was solely a work relationship or did it, it then it, you knew from the gut, like, the mm. jump, like, this is romantic? I knew. I mean, we were friends for a while, but I was very much attracted to him. He's three years younger than me, though. And, like, my relationship before him was a dude who was 14 years older than me. So it oh, was wow. such a huge contrast. I'm thinking, like, oh, I could never date anyone younger than me, you know? But... Yeah, I was into him. He was not into me that way. Really? Yeah, mm. I made the first move. I remember we went to a restaurant. We went to Roussan's. If you're in Atlanta, oh you know what I'm talking God. about. Oh, my God. I hate Roussan's. Yeah, no, I do now, for sure. I didn't know anybody. We were like 22, 23, 24. I'm like saying all the ages. But um, yeah, we went there, and then I pretended to get tipsy off of Saki, and then we were in the car, and I like jumped on him and kissed him. I was like, oh, my God. Not you know? I'm so drunk. I'm so no, drunk. I'm like, I pretend, yeah, I'm never going to remember this. Why? And he's just like, you know, like, hey, like, slow down. <laughs> it was really embarrassing, and then I blamed it on the Saki. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't do that. That was than kind I'm of like, being rejected as a woman. I feel like do not envy men in the process of having to figure that part out yeah i got rejected one time by one white man what? and because of that i not by one white man. it was it was like the the first time i ever like really because i feel like with black people you just kind of know you get the eye contact we have our we have our own our own flirt our, language. our own flirting communication yeah. white people are confusing i don't i still don't get it don't understand the social cues. i thought you were just starting to get it 
I don't understand the social cues. And I, yeah, I thought he was coming to my room. We were, I was on tour. I used to work for Macy Gray. Mm-hmm. And so we were on tour and he was like on tour with us. So see, he would always come to my room or I'd go to his room late night and we'd hang out and we'd talk. So I was like, green flag. Hello. Yeah. Like, you want to kiss me? Duh, look at me. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and then I just like, one day, just like drunk too. It was like, mm-hmm. we were drinking. So I was like, this is the perfect time. <laughs> And I leaned in. I tried to kiss him. He's like, whoa, 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 oh, whoa. Man. And I was like, whoa, whoa. whoa. Was, what did you say? What do you do? I was like, oh, sorry. My bad. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to my room. So oh. drinks. Wait, and he and worked then, on the tour too? after that, oh my God, this is why this was traumatic also. Now I'm having flashbacks. Yikes. So we were also on tour. He brought his friend who was like an Indian guy, um, a short little Indian man. He was a really nice guy. He tried to pass <laughs> me off to his brown friend after that. Like, oh, like you guys uh, are the same color. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, you he was like Australian. Him. I should have known that. Because oh, Australians, yeah. They don't have a lot of expo- like exposure to black people. They low-key racist, but yes. Low-key? Mm-hmm. We don't have to high-key. Mm-hmm. Like, just all Australians? They don't know they're racist because well, they because don't There's see, not a lot of black people yeah. there. Huh. But so. the black people that are there, they've like... I, I can't forget this out of my mind. Like every time Erica, I've never been to Australia, but she went and then she's like, everybody kept asking me if I was Serena Williams. <laughs> no. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, seriously, there's no black people. They just assumed that I was, I was like, but Serena, like of no. all the celebrities, she was like, yeah, like several people. <laughs> and I was like, are they blind? Like, so after that, I was just like, I don't need to ever go to Australia because that's it's crazy. beautiful. That's wild. It's beautiful, but it's yeah, it was definitely. But I was just Serena remember. in town. Like, I need <laughs> no, to know, bro, like, no. So U.S. Open, but, right? Like, but my first time trying to kiss a white man, I was passed off to, to the, the brown, the brown Indian man. Yeah, so. that's okay. It wasn't for you. No. But anyway, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> oh, because I had the rejection of my oh, now rejection. husband. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so he, obviously he warmed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He warmed up eventually. Wait, but so, you know, <laughs> we were talking and we and I was like, I didn't really even realize that Jade, you were a mother. Yeah. And you have a, how old is your son? 14, 14 years old, girl. So you had your son before you married your husband. Yes. So what was like, what was life like before that? Like. Tell me about your Ooh. pregnancy and oh, wow. and was it intentional or was it kind of like surprise? Okay, so I was in college. Um, I was about to be engaged to his dad, and you know, engaged in college. Y'all crazy. Was he the, is, was he the fourteen year old the guy who was fourteen years older than you? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. There was a man between that. Okay. <laughs> there were men between okay. all that. But yeah, no, we were in college together. Embarrassingly, we did kind of plan it. We did kind of plan. Not embarrassingly. <laughs> no, yeah, just, because like, what were we thinking? You were, you don't know anything because we you're in college. You're dumb. We were so young and we were like, yeah, like, let's do this. Like, it was like getting a dog or something. Like, really, really dumb. Were you almost done with college? Were you like, yeah, on the yeah, way yeah. Out? No, okay. we were, we were, I was a senior in college. And you're yeah. like, this is the time. Yeah, I thought that that was what the thing to do. And mm. so silly, silly me. So we planned it. We were excited. We were having this baby. I mean, my pregnancy was it was it was nice. Like he was there. He was supportive. You know all the things. Um, found out later. Was your family supportive, <laughs> even knowing that like you were that young? Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. They were supportive. Um, and yeah, I finished school. You know, my son was in classes with me. All that. You know, but yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a smart choice. <laughs> it was a bad choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm so grateful for my son. I'm so grateful. You know, I'm. I've of heard course, you guys speak of course. About this kind of stuff. I think that, like, when 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 we as mothers like share our like indiscretions around around like the choices we made around birth and yeah. having a child, 
we often feel like we need to defend ourselves mm-hmm. in ways and make sure people know we love our kid. Like, don't worry, right. we love, we're, ha- we're glad we're here, but it's okay to like have regrets. Yeah. And it's okay to like to be like, I was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a dumbass decision. It was a really dumbass decision because you don't really like. I was what pregnant when I was 21 years old. Like I, I had just got this freedom over my life and then I just gave it away. Like, and then shortly after um, I had our son, like we lasted maybe a year and then we broke up and like, uh, this is so crazy. Cause I never really talk about this relationship and, you know, I appreciate all that he does for our son and, you know, the support that he gave me after we broke up. But, us together like he didn't really want me to do music like I when we first got together he didn't even really knew he didn't even really know that I did sing or that I had an interest in being uh, a creative and so as I started to like find myself and like get back to myself he didn't enjoy that part you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so after we broke up like maybe two weeks later I, uh, Tyler Perry reached out, had saw like a YouTube I did and invited me to go on tour with Medea's Big Happy Family and so I told him about it. I'm like, hey, I have to go. I have to take this opportunity. And he was with our like 13-month-old son while I was gone. And there was so much guilt. Mm. And there were so many people who were like judging me for choosing myself. And it was like the first big opportunity that I ever had. I'm like 21, 22 years old. And it's like, I can't really choose myself without feeling guilt now that I'm a mom. And that's just a constant, you know, from that point on, the first moment I'm an adult and the first opportunity I have, everything comes with that like asterisk of like, well, bitch, everyone's going to be judging you and you really, really can't choose yourself peacefully. Even when you're like a baby too. Like, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Just, I'm just, I'm just a kid trying to have my dreams come. Yeah. Like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean this little baby's more important than me? I'm yeah. a baby too. No, for real. For real. It's, it's wild. But imagine like saying no to that, like where you'd be now. Right. It changed my life you though. Know? It gave me the financial freedom to then move to Atlanta. And then I got a publishing deal as a writer. Like it just changed my whole life. And if I hadn't done that, girl, I was like a manager at Lacoste. <laughs> <laughs> no, like no shade to that at all. But like, it would have been a completely different world. Like if even I had married my son's dad, like my life would have been so different. That's that's so crazy. Like to to think about like the alternate the alternate journey that could happen. You mm-hmm. know, when you're like I I just like choosing yourself is so fucking important. Say that again. Choosing yourself is so fucking important as a woman. Like it literally can change your whole trajectory. Mm-hmm. And like it's like those like those moments. You know, if you let guilt or shame fuck you up, you may have a whole different path. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that even though I was young, I knew. Even then, that the people who were discouraging me from choosing myself were people who were projecting their own fears. Who, did, yes. who, who didn't who choose did themselves. Not. And then the crazy thing is, those are the same women who complain so much about not, not choosing, choosing themselves. themselves. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, <laughs> you guys want me to do the shit y'all did, and you're shaming me for doing what you didn't do that you wanted to do? Like, it makes no sense. Well, they, I don't think people, when you project, you don't even realize that you have resentment or anger or like jealousy in mm-hmm. a way, envy in a way that like, it's just like, it, nature to you because like damn like you're doing too much because I didn't get to do it Mm -hmm. and like that that guilt and shame that comes with motherhood is like it's it's just like Here's a baby. Here's your shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Literally. You get them together yeah, in a little like blanket. A they, like, swaddle they swaddle that it. shit. They swaddle it. Baby yeah. shame and guilt. There you uh-huh. go. And don't you dare choose anything outside Smile. of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? If you choose yourself, you're a terrible human being. You're a selfish bitch. You're a selfish no, bitch. No, period. It's wild. It's really... I never thought about it like that. It's like this little cute package 
of, of babiness, shame, guilt, confusion, mm-hmm. joy. <clears throat> Even to the point, like you saying, like your baby daddy, like holding you to it. And it's like, okay, like, ob- like there's going to be parents that do it. Moms who didn't live their life be free. Like, because we're the generation that's shifting shit, right? Yeah. Like, but like for the men who are oftentimes like our peers and our age and shit, that shit is so wrapped up in like um, the patriarchy mm-hmm. because it's like there's also this understanding. It's like once you're my you're my baby mama, you and that baby belong to me. And then there's like and there's this like automatic like the like not every man, but like a lot of men because my baby daddy this to me, too, is like, yeah, now like. You're indebted to this baby, and it's like it's like a it's like a way to control you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can now I can now manipulate you through calling you like ins- insinuating you're a bad mom. Mm. Like it's a it's a way, it's a way a man can manipulate a woman by shaming you into believing like you're like your guilt for doing things for yourself through the baby. You know and, what I mean? And the crazy like, thing is, like if it were reversed. Like if my son's dad got an opportunity to travel, you would like, just be at home. He's a the, provider. Yeah, like right. he's a great father. You're, you're playing your role. Yeah, this is exactly the role that you've you know you've chosen for yourself. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. It's wild. So after that choice mm-hmm. and coming back, like what was the what was the state of your relationship at, at that point with my son's dad? Yeah, like I mean, it was like it was bittersweet because at in one on one hand he did hold it down while I was gone but on the other hand it wasn't without like you said letting you know that hey I I did this thing you know so I mean our relationship was good we co-parented it was it was fine but after that situation and then I decided to move to Atlanta that opened up a whole other thing because then it's like how are you leaving your son and it's like well, I'm not leaving him. I'm just moving somewhere else and we'll, we're going to co-parent. This is just the way that it will always be. It's just, I'm going to be here and you're going to be there. And again, like if he had decided that he got a job in North Carolina or something, it wouldn't be like, how are you leaving your child? It'd be like, this is the way your life <laughs> is going. So there was a lot of guilt and shame around that. Like me not allowing our son to be in one space always. But Cleveland, what am I going to do in Cleveland, Ohio? And also, right. I mean, your son, too, I was pretty young at that point. Yeah. Too. Like that, you actually did it at the perfect time. Yeah. It's a no, bit harder sure. as your child gets older when they're yeah. really when they in school and mm-hmm. schools are calling you and shit. And even, <laughs> and, even, and even then, they could be relocated. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I encourage all the moms to think like the dad. <laughs> think like a dad like like if you're feeling if you're feeling away you're making a decision and you're feeling guilt put be the dad put yourself as the dad and then shift your then shift your perspective think like a dad act like a mom think like a dad <laughs> act like a mom that's a good one mm-hmm. is that the title of the show I'm writing it down okay because I a bitch will forget <laughs> in five seconds and I didn't even smoke yet hey <laughs> <clears throat> you mentioned before you had a C-section. Yeah. What was oh that God. like? Because I had a C-section also and it was not, pre- I was not prepared. No. I did not plan on having a C-section. <clears throat> now that I've been in this um, space of, you know, speaking to so many women about their birth experiences, I realized <clears throat> I was um, grossly um, overlooked in my, in my, in the process of birth and my pregnancy in mm-hmm. ways by my doctor I t- actually talk about it a lot in the book, and I really, I hope she doesn't sue me. <laughs> she can't fucking sue Because I really did basically say she malpracticed me. I mean, she, so then you should she sue she's her. Like, she, yeah, she's, she's lucky you didn't sue her. Yeah, yeah like I really did. You didn't did. say her name. You still got I didn't, but she's the Kardashian doctor, so y'all figure it out. Oh. And I, but I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't like seeking the Kardashian doctor. 
Like my friend, my friend's mom worked at Caesars and she was like, she's amazing. And, and she was cool. She was cool until like they're now looking back. She preyed upon my naiveness because I did not have any friends with children. I had no blueprint Mm -hmm. of what advocating for myself looked like. I was scared. My family medicalizes everything. So like, I don't know about you, but like my family, something's wrong, go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, I mean, she was talking about C-sections like while I, like I was like five months pregnant, like saying like, oh, if you get a C-section, like I can do the tiniest little scar and so slight it's so easy like she was prepping me for this shit and i was like well i'm not doing that so it don't matter you know and i even talk about her me sharing my um i had watched the business of being born uh, with ricky lake and i really wanted to have a home birth and like my idea that like i was gonna go share this with my female doctor who had children and she was gonna be excited for me that was dumb and naive of me because i was basically removing her role from the process and she wasn't gonna make no money so she was like, bitch, do you know how many dead babies I've delivered? <clears throat> and I was like, whoa, okay, well, I'm a terrible parent. I'm already, I'm already like ruined, I'm already stepping into this role in a in a in a I guess in a selfish way, trying to have this experience at the sake of my child's safety is what I basically felt wow. like she was projecting onto me. Um and then my C-section experience was it was it wasn't that she did a bad job at all. That wasn't even it. It was just like I was not prepared. No one told me, okay, so this is what happens afterwards. Mm. Whereas I've talked to some women, maybe, I don't know, your, I want to hear your experience, but some women were like, oh, it was great. It was easy. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. And I think I have a very similar situation. Like I didn't, I didn't have as much education or even thinking about alternatives to traditional medicine of like a home birth. It's so crazy because if I were to be pregnant now, it would be a completely different experience for me. You know, like the drugs they make you take, all these different stuff that they do in Western medicine is like kind of wild. And you're right, they're incentivized. Like they make money from giving you a C-section. And they took advantage of me being naive. Like you said, not really having a blueprint of anybody that I knew who was having kids. And like three weeks before my due date, she's like, oh, your blood pressure is a little high. I think you might have toxemia and i'm like i think you might yeah i'm like oh my god what is that and i'm just like that's crazy and she's like yeah we're we're probably gonna have to take him my little young ass (laughs) yeah your young healthy ass you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah they they she scared me and made me feel like i had no other choice and i didn't even fight for it i didn't consider that there was an alternative or like maybe we can wait this thing out i'm like okay cool Well, they say like your baby could be in danger your baby you could have a seizure you could die your baby could die and then immediately you're like okay We'll do what you have to do. Correct. Yeah, I thought we were going to die. So I did it, and it was the worst. The recovery was horrible. I was doubled over, and then I had uh, an allergic reaction to the medication, so I'm vomiting uh, while wow, I have oh, this. Oh, God. Oh, God, Girl, painful. No, it was the worst. Mm. It was the worst. So, yeah, I would not... Would not recommend. I would not recommend. <laughs> I know. Before we started talking about this, we were talking about like if we would have second children. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Erica's like, you just said last month. And I was like, it's traumatic. Like, Mm -hmm. thinking about birth, like, whether you've gotten, you had a C-section, whether you pushed a human out your pussy, if it, you got it, had an incision, like, it's traumatic. And and I think, it doesn't have to be, but, like, the shift that your body goes through to bring a human through, like, is, is, it's intense. Well, it's traumatic when you don't have the things in place that we as women should have. You know, like there is no real care, real, true 
before and after care of pregnancy and birth. Like for the women that have had these incredible birthing experiences and these beautiful support systems and, you know, packs, like, Mud or gas, orgasmic for the, birth. For the <laughs> C-section scars. Yeah. Mm. You know, just like the celebration of you and this new birth of you. And like, I think that there can be a lot of beauty in it. Unfortunately, once that baby comes out, you're kind of discarded and yeah. the focus is on the child. Yep. You're like, okay, well, thanks for your services. Mm -hmm. uh, figure it out. They're like, here's this icy, icy pad. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with this? Where does this go? Yeah. It's for my head? <laughs> like, no, it's for your pussy, baby. <laughs> Girl. And even what to do with the baby once it, once it comes. Girl, I didn't know what to do with it. I remember, like, <laughs> I remember I wanted to leave the hospital so bad because they just kept waking me up every five seconds. Yes. But I also remember that moment, like, looking at my baby. I remember I can see it vividly exactly what she was wearing. Putting her in the car seat for the first time, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And saying, and then being like, bye. And I was like, oh, my God. Like they're trusting me. But with this baby, like, <laughs> I'm like, keep this like, baby alive. We're, yeah. leaving, we're leaving as three. Yeah, like I, we came as two, well, sort of, and then now we're leaving as three, and I'm, I'm a child myself. What mm -hmm. am I? Why did I do? Huh? I remember that shit too. And <laughs> in the hospital, they kept they play this video like showing you how to care for your baby, but like you're fucking delirious, so yep. you don't really watch it. And like they're like they're coming in every five seconds, so you're not really sleeping you're in that dumbass bed. And then I got home, and I same thing. I, I went to for a regular checkup, and they're like, "Your blood pressure's high. We're gonna check you in." I'm like, "What, bitch? I have three more weeks." My house was dirty because I didn't think I was coming home with no goddamn baby. And I remember just being like, oh, fuck. I, I didn't look at, I didn't pay attention to the video. Like, what the fuck was the video telling me to do? And I was like, am I going to kill it? Like, yeah. I think I bathed him like five times. I just, yeah, it was, I didn't know what to do. I was afraid. I, I bathed her, but I was like, this is, a, this, she could break. This is mm -hmm. a lot of movement. Let me just tuck her back in. And I remember like cleaning the house and like getting like sidetracked and then being like, that baby, what? Is it alive? Like, mm -hmm. like you like there's moments where I literally forgot that there was another person there and I had to remember to go check on it. I definitely put my finger under his nose yeah. like all the time to make sure he was still breathing. Because if something happens to the baby, it's totally your fault. Oh yeah. <laughs> like and then becoming a parent and, and and you know, we talked about this on our episode with Samaya, is that like, you know, that inner child work that kind of starts to come up for you mm -hmm. and really thinking about your childhood and like what things you want to adopt and what things you want to edit out of your experience with your parents and like you you being faced with this little person that you're responsible for nurturing and guiding and then realizing like you don't know shit mm -hmm. and especially being so young as well like yeah I'm curious to know like what kind of like things came up for you from like I don't know like inner child stuff or like Ooh, things, I mean, things that you were, I mean, I don't know what your relationship is with your parents or how you were raised, but how did that influence how you showed up as a mother? Yeah, well, my parents, they got married at like 17 years old. So they were kids themselves. And um, we didn't have much discipline at all. Mm. Like we pretty much kind of and you know shout out to mom and dad I love you all I know you did the best that you could. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, you know, our house was disgusting mm. you know my mom was a bit of a hoarder so there was shit everywhere we ate horribly they never knew where we were coming or going you know and so how many, uh, yeah, how many siblings? three there's three of us so i have two older sisters okay. yeah all girls all girls okay. yeah and we just 
kind of just figuring that shit out, all of us together. And so I knew that we didn't have a kitchen table. Like, we didn't sit down and eat dinners. Like, it was none of that Cosby show shit. Mm. So when I had my son, I was, I wanted to give him more of what I thought was this traditional, like, proper upbringing, you know? I, and maybe to a fault, you know? Because I think that. I helicopter him. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know if y'all can relate to this by having just one. Because everyone's like, oh, the remedy to that is having another kid, you know. And I'm like, no thanks for that. Mm. But, yeah, I, I think I might have been overly protected because, like you said, that inner child thing that came up for me was that I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I was protected. So I'm just, you know, and I might have made him a little too cautious because I'm projecting that fear of what I had onto him. So, yeah. And now that he's older... The inner child, the mirror stuff comes up all the time. Mm. You know, like he he doesn't always uh, take up space. And I'm like telling him things and I'm like, oh, shit, like this is for me. Mm. You know, there's so many lessons that that I'm learning. And it's crazy because he's 14. And that's around the time when I was in that girl group and I was shrinking myself or always in my head. And I see him do that all the time, just overthinking everything, being so calculated. And so, yeah, it's constantly. And I'm like, OK, I have to do the work so that we can break this thing. It's on me. Mm. Everything I'm telling him is things that I need to tell myself constantly. Right. Yeah. I think to us parents, too, when we see our children um, kind of reenacting or behaviors that feel similar to us, mm -hmm. um, we often go into um, like how to fix mode or like how to... Uh, like basically seeing, seeing ourselves and our children, but also... There is a definite um, need to remember that the kids will 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 struggle. Like they'll they'll have insecurities about showing uh, taking up space, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same trajectory as yours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It might just be a moment in his in this in his development at this moment. It doesn't mean that like this is how it's like his end. This all is be his all. end all be yeah. all. Because I think um, I know for for me and even like I think about you know my mom too like her seeing certain things play out or even my daughter, like I'm, my mom is a single mom. I'm a single mom. And I didn't really have a good relationship with my father. I had really no relationship with my father from mm. a very early parts of my life. Um, and her, my daughter and her father, I mean, they do have a relationship. Um, it's not maybe like the relationship I dreamed of yeah. for, the, for them. Um, but she doesn't know any different. You know what I mean? And so it's good for her. But for me, and I'm thinking about my childhood and my relationship with my father and me wanting it to be a certain way and like how it affected me is not the same as like how it's going to affect her. Mm -hmm. And I think as parents, sometimes we see kids like doing shit that we did and we're like, oh my God, it's showing up. It's the same. Yeah. What are we going to do? We have to combat it. We have to, you know, and we like give ourselves all this anxiety and pressure to to protect them or like teach them something different, which that's our, that's our job is at least to check in and say like, are you good? Are you okay? Um, but yeah, I think that that's something that I think all parents we struggle with. Yeah. You know, once you have a kid, like there's shadow work that shows up. You mm. start to think about your relationship with your parents and if you want to show up like them and then like how are you can edit it out. But then there's this other challenge too of like, you don't sometimes you're doing shit and you don't even realize that you've inherited those parts of you until you look you check yourself and you're like, why am I fucking doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I showing up this way? And it's like, oh, because you, like, you showed up this way. Like, even, like, I resonated with what you said earlier is, like, 
my my parents like our love language is just like it's it's we're like we love obviously there's love but like girl you you where are your earrings at you, hey ugly like that's how we talk girl, about hey, literally ugly. yeah and it's like like that's our like love language also but it's like it's almost like I'm gonna talk shit to you and put you down a little bit but you know I love you but mm-hmm. I'm not you know what I mean yeah and so like with my daughter I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm like a super tough mom, but like I will talk to her like I'm talking to one of y'all like, girl, don't fucking play with me. <laughs> like you're a bad actress. Stop. You know, like yeah. and like but like I've had to check myself on like you know, not being too harsh because I believe like not that I have to be harsh because the world is harsh. But like having to check myself to be softer or be like, she's she's eight, <laughs> you know, like, see, I'm the opposite. I, I need some more balance. I'm I, I coddle too much. And like you said, like my family, we my 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 dad wasn't very verbal about love or like you're very pretty or any of those right. sorts you're of things. You're the best daughter in the whole wide world. No. Especially for a, a girl, especially with your father is in your house. Yeah. Right. And three girls mm-hmm. at that. And it's like, nigga, you had three chances. <laughs> yeah but he had his own social anxieties like right. you know and like he just didn't he told me like not long ago that hearing i love you in the house is like something he only thought happened on television like he didn't that's just how his mother was and, and my grandma she's a horrible person i'm sorry she's still alive grandma betty is a horrible person <laughs> sorry grandma but you are and you know it like she she's she's but i mean that's her life and i'm sure these experiences hardened her but she i couldn't imagine growing up in that household so he's just going through his own stuff but then like for me i overly like oh i love you are you okay and and my husband's like yo you have to like relax like he's a young man now like you still kind of talk to him like he's a baby a baby and i just i'm overcompensating for that you know did you did you have the conversation with your dad or with your mom like listen i realized like in our household you didn't do a lot of i love yous and and did he have he was like well that's not what i got so you've had the opportunity to have this conversation yeah i i had this conversation with him i think the first time he finally said it i was like 24 25 is the first time i've heard him say it and actually the album first that time I, he ever said i love you yeah you can remember verbally wow. now you know he in his mind is like i'm showing up every day i'm here you know i'm doing the best that i can but yeah the first time i heard it out loud and i think well the first time i heard it he put in a card he wrote it and i'm like holy shit mm. i'm like did you write this <laughs> you know it's kind of weird <laughs> but yeah i was i was in my like mid to late 20s and now he says it but when he does he, he says it uncomfortably it's like i love you it's like it'll happen <laughs> like seriously it's just this like it's like a singing it's jokey a, yeah shit. it never is just like a i love you you mm-hmm. know it's just very like uncomfortable for him and i get it like my that's just my dad you know but my i'm working on an album now and the whole thing is about that is about uh words of affirmation being my love language because I didn't hear I love you a lot as a child and how that affected my relationships and even my friendships you know like I was looking for validation in anyone who would give it to me so the moment a guy would be like oh you're pretty I'm like oh marry me you know because that's all I needed wow. you know and then ultimately learning how to use that power of words because like y'all say words are spells I've said that I need that merch by the way <laughs> but yeah using that same power on myself and that I don't need anybody to do it that I can do this very thing mm. for me and 
and that's the message is called where have I been like mm. where have I been all my life like you, know? you for yourself yeah, like yeah, fuck yeah. getting at like affirmed outside mm-hmm. of me but like I have the power to do that for myself absolutely that's 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 powerful I didn't even think about that. I mean I have thought about that because it's like it feels awkward to say nice things to yourself yeah me and Erica did like 10 minutes of like talking really affirmative to each other it was really uncomfortable and weird <laughs> like, you are so fucking bomb and I'm like yes I am <laughs> but it's like even thinking about what you said like I think our parents come from their parents come from a place where I don't think there were a lot of like super verbal, emotional conversations, probably because of the height of like, you know, the times like Mm -hmm. shit is rough and tough because we're our, you know, our existence is complicated in America. Yeah. They're the product of the silent generation. Yeah. It's literally a silent generation. And like my dad said that to me. He was like, you know, parent like a lot of my like my parents and like they didn't come from that like that era like mm-hmm. even my baby daddy's parents are like significantly older than my parents and he had mentioned it to me one time that his parent his mom had never said like really doesn't say i love you mm-hmm. and i had to tell her like take her aside and say you know like he noticed this and then i noticed her start to say it you know and he he like she he would say it and she would just hang up the phone mm. And I and I noticed that, and I had to let her know, like you know, he said this to me. And then I noticed her mm-hmm. trying to in, you know integrate it. But it was interesting, like it is. It may be a generational thing. It's just like an uncomfortable. And it's like, why would that be uncomfortable to tell your kid you love them? I know it's like so strange, but it's like because because it's implied. And if you it's yeah. implied, and if you haven't received that, mm-hmm. then it's it's difficult to offer it to someone, even if it is implied, and even if you think like you know I love you, but it's just like like you said, those words are powerful as fuck, mm-hmm. you know, and like. Shout out to you for like uh, transmuting that that experience to loving the fuck out of your son yeah. verbally out loud, you know. So, yeah, you gotta find the balance, though. I do. I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm a love bomber. bomber. Love bomber. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. He's like, okay, mom, I know, I know you love me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we we try, and then he's gonna be like, my trauma is my mom overloves me. Yo, right? <laughs> he's like, this is therapy, he's like, and I check in with him sometimes, like. Do I trigger you? <laughs> Are you good? Because <laughs> I don't want to be that. But we're all, you know, it's, it's going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I'm curious to know about the transition into, you know, having your son and then meeting your husband and him kind of taking on this role, too, of of, of being his father mm-hmm. and and what that was like for you and, and your son. I don't know how old he was when... That he kind of- was three when we got together. So he was relatively young. I mean, it's interesting because it's my son's dad isn't like a deadbeat dad. Like he very much is present in his life. But my husband is also very much one who, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. Like he is textbook Aries. So even he, before we got together, he was hesitant because he understood that if he got with me, it was a package deal. And he wanted to make sure, like even back then, that if I do this, that I'm doing this the right way. So he adopted that whole I am the father as well sort of way of navigating our dynamic like right away. And so for me, it it was like it's an interesting balance because on one hand, I have my son's dad who's very much present. And then I have my husband who's very much present. And so sometimes I feel like I get lost a little bit in trying to make sure that everyone's, you know, it's like Feels a mind feel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I I have to, had to work on not shrinking myself and my desires in this whole experience because there's two very strong alpha males and then I'm raising a son too. So there's a thing of like, well, I guess they know, mm-hmm. you know, and so just getting lost in it. And um, Does your son call your husband dad as well? No, he calls him Devin and he calls his dad dad. But 
But Devin calls our son his it's son. Right. When he introduces him to people, this is our son. Like right now he's coaching our son's team. You know, like he's very much all the things that a dad should be, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it's just interesting trying to balance all of the pieces. Does, that, your, does your son like allow him to take on that? I mean, obviously I know he's coaching him right now, but does has there been a, um, I guess like a, a, a period of time in which maybe your son kind of rebelled and was like, you're not my dad. Mm. I'm curious. Cause I know for me as like, I grew up with my, my stepfather and definitely I had those feelings. I think even more so because my dad wasn't showing up mm. and I really wanted him to. And then I just wasn't ready to allow him to show up for me. I was like holding, it was like a placeholder. I was holding for my father. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to show up. He's going to be here. And you, I don't really need you. I, I appreciate you, but like, I don't really need you. And he took, that to heart and he wasn't able to kind of like transcend that unfortunately you just made me see something though in myself that's so interesting because that's more so me Mm. like I've been waiting for my dad to show up and be like assertive and so it's difficult for me to allow my husband to be assertive in our household sometimes Mm. because maybe that like you saying that it just makes so much sense like I'm waiting you haven't seen that I haven't seen seen so I don't even know I'm like, is it submission or control? Like walking that fine line, Mm. that fear. But like he's very much dominant alpha. Like this is what we're doing. And so I'm the one who kind of pushes up like, well, is that what we're doing? (laughs) You know? And then on top of the fact that we work together too. So there's that dynamic of like feeling like, is is this how it's supposed to go? Or is this like the act of submission? And I just don't know how because it's I've never seen it before. Mm. You know? So really more so me than than our son. You know? Girl, like right now, like Devin, that's my husband's name for those who don't know. <laughs> but Devin, he is very much on this health journey. Like, uh, he wants to be raw vegan eventually. And I think this is girl, you took a deep breath and I'm I'm there. Like and we we did we did a cleanse together and it was beautiful. I love how y'all both sipped at the same time. It was it was beautiful, but it's just not something that I am ready and wanting to do right now. But my husband, you know, he's very much in that space. So if we eat something, you know, and we're all plant based in the house, mind you, but He's like, I don't want to do gluten anymore. I don't want to do brown rice anymore. I don't want to do anything fried. I don't want to do anything processed. You know, and I'm like, trying. Like, that's everything that we it, have in America. Uh-huh. You know, and well, we I'm, need to move. We're starting a <laughs> so we're building a farm? Okay. Yeah. We, no, like, and it's not that far from, like, we need to grow our own Food, stuff. Right. Like, yeah, like, he's very much, that's the trajectory. That's where he's trying to go. And this is sort of the first time that we're not, like, eye to eye. Like, normally we're just coasting. Like, we're going vegan. We're moving to L.A. We're moving back to Atlanta. Like, everything's <laughs> always in alignment. And so now it's really showing up for me that rebellious thing of like, well, I don't know that I want to. Mm. And then he's like, well, I want our son to. Well, like, how do you get to make this decision? You know, this is. Yeah. And so I'm sort of like rebelling Mm. because I feel triggered and someone leading me Mm. somewhere, you know, it's kind of wild because at the end of the day, I think to myself like, well, damn, he wants me to live longer. Like he wants to be married to me for a fucking (laughs) long time. You know what I mean? He wants me to like drink water. And I'd be like, You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's wild, though. So, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful, but this is the first time we're kind of, like, not in alignment. And I'm just, like, really triggered Mm. by someone trying to make me do something great. Mm. That (laughs) kind of goes back to, I think, that inner child work, too. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I resonate with that, too. I never had, like, a strong male figure leading me. Mm -hmm. I had a very strong female figure leading me. And I watched her 
take on all the roles and all the responsibilities and she was the leader. And so I've adopted those um, principles as well. And it has not served me in relationships at all because I've literally had no blueprint for the alternative. Yeah. And, you know, I've really had to fight against myself and the triggers of like, I'm not a docile bitch. I'm not, I don't really think that you, I trust you to lead. Mm-hmm. Like that part, you know, and like, yeah, you made up a few bad choices. So nigga, I don't know. But then again, bitch, so did you. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but like whole, it's, it's been very difficult for me in relationships to allow a man to be a man in ways. Mm. And I've heard that from multiple men. I would say my, my most recent relationship is probably the most soft I've been. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> this so feels nice. You fuck up. <laughs> um, and and then, but inevitably, people, you know, they make mistakes, and then it's like, ooh, not falling back into that mindset again, like not allowing people's fuck ups and their discretions or indiscretions to like harden harden you. me yeah. and make me revert back to this person that or revert back to these habits that I know have not served me. And I know are not going to serve my child. And I don't want her to see. I want my her to see mommy was, you know, she was powerful. She was patient. She was humble. She was strong. But also, like, she she let a man lead. Yeah. She let her man lead. She let her man make decisions. And her man made good decisions, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's it's a hard. It's literally fighting against myself. Like everything mm-hmm. in me is like this feels wrong. Is it wrong? It feels wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I, I think also like if you've been in a relationships where you've you've been like been tr- led by niggas that didn't really deserve to be leading. Yeah, or you've 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 backed down from yourself in ways, and then it's like you're in relationships and you're tr- triggered by the people trying to lead you, or you've never seen it or whatever, and it's like. We also have to be conscious of like what we're asking for and if we're ready to receive it, you know, because obviously we don't like we do want men to come. We, we love men <laughs> and, you know, we want to be married and we want a man to have take a strong position and know what to do and lead. And then it's like when that happens, we're like, wait, hold on, this is uncomfortable. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you? I think it's also like <clears throat> humanizing the man, too, because he will fuck up. Oh, he will sure. lead you astray at some point and then not holding him to this mistake, mistake. like it's and, the whole of him and weaponizing it mm-hmm. no he, i mean I, I, I humanizing is a good word but it's true it's like he's not a fairy tale this is a real human and there are going to be flaws and like and just yeah and just like kind of accepting that and like letting your guard down because they are learning to be leaders they are not born just knowing how to lead a bitch <laughs> you know and we expect that in ways we're like okay well you right. want to lead me then leave me don't make you. no mistakes nigga like show up and show like be the head of the household and make all the decisions and da 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 and it's like that's there's a that's an immense amount of pressure on a man as well even if that's the role that they chose to to take and that's the role that society made for them but like they will be um flawed leaders at at, at, at times and it's so wild though cuz like with with Devin, like he is very much a natural born leader and he has 
very rarely led us astray. Like <laughs> he like invest in Bitcoin. I'm like, thank you so much. Or like do this or, you know, purchase Bitcoin or do this thing. Like he is very much, he, he hasn't really fucked up <laughs> in the leadership department. I think it's also because I had a child so young, you know, and then I got married, you know, young ish. And then I'm looking back and it's like, I never really had an opportunity to just have full autonomy over my life. Mm. And so that's what I mean when it's like that thin line between submission and control, because I don't know what life feels like navigating it, making my own choices. Me saying, okay, I want to be raw because I want to be raw. Not because my husband thinks it's the greatest thing in the world and I'm going to try and like cater to this lifestyle because, you know, we're a unit and we're a family. You know, or I may not make this take this job because I have to consider my child or consider my husband. You know, it's just I've always been considering someone the fuck else. And you're like, it's, I'm going to consider me. What I, what the fuck do I want to do? You know, and I don't know what that looks like because like I was saying earlier, it's like son, my son's dad, my son and my husband. And I'm just like, where am I in this? Mm. That's why I'm like, I need to go to your retreat. I need like <laughs> a week to not have to like consider anybody else because I don't know what that looks like most women don't like that's the crazy thing like most adult women don't and like even if you had like because you know like that brief time in your 20s what you did not have no you probably weren't <laughs> you making... had no whole face no whole face oh I had a whole face <laughs> well <laughs> honey college college was my whole face <laughs> so freshman to junior year <laughs> <laughs> you got it in those three years were we strong got it. they were strong <laughs> and then you planned a baby i'm retiring i'm retiring Why are you bringing up the whole shit? phase is over and Get now we're having a baby everyone <laughs> totally <Damn>. normal <laughs> yeah i didn't get it it wasn't long enough my whole phase uh, no, I didn't no. have an adult whole face. Right, right. Where you're smarter. I mean, yeah, it, 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 pickings are slim. It's not as it's not really? as fun. It's yeah. not fun. It's not as hoey. Do you think a whole face is, is like a requ- like is a requirement for women? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I do because you don't. You know, my, my my thing was is like I don't want to be like 45 trying to hoe it out. Like because then it's kind of like, but then it's like bitch, you late. Well, you might mm-hmm. never get the whole. I'm just saying, some bitches just never get the whole face at all. And <laughs> I'm just wondering if that is like is that. Bad for them. Like some women don't. A... Some women don't desire a whole phase. But I, I just urge you to try and <laughs> tap into it because you may one day desire it and then be like, "Fuck, it's I didn't. Late. I like. I may be late to the party because I thought I'd like. You, you have to really dissect if why you don't want to have a whole phase. Is it because someone told you that you're gonna be a hoe forever? Like, Is it religion? Because Drea said you can delete your honus. And you said, so, hey, I've got to see. Is this a tweet? Drea? Or is this on camera? It's it's on camera. Okay. You don't remember this? No. Girl, she said it. <laughs> I mean, and I agree. <laughs> but I do. I think like I think men get the opportunity to explore their sexuality freely. Yeah. And women are shamed and guilted. And then this is a whole big thing. So I mean, I, I don't not everyone, but like ninety nine point nine percent of people, I think, should explore their whole phase. My aunt told me that. I, I went to school here. Before I went to school, she was like, you have to go to black school because you're around too many white people and you have to go hoe it up. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, trust me, you're not going to marry that guy. And this is my baby daddy because I was his my high school sweetheart. She was like, you should go be a hoe. And in my mind, I was like, I got to go to black school and I got to go hoe it up. <laughs> and that's what I did. Yeah. Check, check. I was like, perfect and you're better for it and i'm happy i got permission (laughs) like from my aunt you know i like i mean i would have probably done it either way but it was like clear for me that this needed to happen to like you know like figure it out so what does one do who's married and is not gonna have their whole face what do they do i don't know i think you should try and hold up with your husband yeah you can do that yeah like an option act like a hoe for your husband and like maybe go to the club and let someone like fill on your booty and then leave (laughs) 
this is this is the remedy. <laughs> These are your options. Hold it up for your husband. Go to the club. <laughs> let them feel on your booty. Don't tell your husband because that's what a real hoe does. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe make out. I don't know. Don't have sex though. It's not going to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> or come to the good vibe retreat. <laughs> or come to the good- yeah. <laughs> Because I do feel like, yes, I, I agree that I think there's healing in the hoeing. We talk about that in the book. Um, <laughs> and um, we even had a, a whole merch launch that said, ho f- heal first, hoe later. Oh, my God. I forgot that we launched that. The shit that we make. This, <laughs> that, and that's that was a best, That was a bestseller. It, did, it, did it fly off the shelves? It flew off the shelves. When switch. I thought that, I was like, this is, this is it. This is a hit. Heal now, hoe ho later. later. Um, but I also think like, you know, being like you said, like you haven't. You've been a mom, you've been a wife, you've been building your career, you've been like, you know, this chameleon of sorts and ways. You haven't really had the time to be still, be quiet Mm -hmm. and like not have to make any choices. And I think that's like what is the beauty of our retreat is like we really create this environment where you don't have to do shit. You don't have to decide anything. We've decided for you and you can also choose not to do that also. You know, and I think when I when we do these retreats, I just see how these women, it's very hard at first for them to relinquish control. They must know every step of the way what is happening. Who is my roommate? If that's what, you know, if they've chosen to, you know, do a double occupancy room, who is my roommate? What are we doing? Even though I sent you the schedule, bitch, look at schedule. Like, what's the, like, what, what can we expect? Like, all these things. I'm like, girl, just surrender. Yeah. Just be still. Just turn your phone off. Disconnect. Like, shh. (laughs) You know? And it's once people do, and they're forced to surrender, you will surrender. You have no choice. Um, That's, like, where the transformation happens and, like, the the remembrance of yourself or the reintroduction or maybe not even remembrance because maybe you didn't even know what it was in, in the beginning. It's, like, the meeting of this person, which is you. And a lot of that has to happen with leaving your child, (sighs) leaving your husband, and taking time off of work, taking time off of work, and possibly leaving all together the state or country that you're in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I do believe you can do these things at home, but the likelihood of you doing them are very low. Very slim. Very slow. Like, we could say, next week is it. Next week is the week that I'm going to, like, be in silence. And then they'll find an excuse, like, oh, my God, wait, I, I got to send that one more email. Hold on. And then you see, oh, shit, someone else emailed me. Oh, oh, wait, someone called. Oh, is it an emergency? Let me call. You know, like, you'll start making excuses. So sometimes you literally need to go tap out to tap in. Mm. And and I'm just, I, I know that I, you know, I, I stuff, I still have to remember that myself. I'm not a perfect leader (laughs) not a perfect healer by any means you know i'm i overwork myself constantly i put people in front before me all the time people's needs my boundaries sometimes are blurry (laughs) you know and you know there's it's about the check-in it's about the check-in and knowing that like hey i need to come back to myself real quick the check-in is really where the healing happens because like I heard you say something earlier and I, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately is like a lot, oftentimes if, if you don't get quiet, you don't even, you can't even check and balance the trauma that's happened. Hmm. You can't even process that shit. Like, sh- like things are affecting you a certain way. And like, you know, you made a comment about like, you know, uh, the, the, like, 
um, emotional abuse or abuse that you experienced in previous relationship and how you're still in ways recovering that or even the group, you know, and like how you felt like you had to dim your light in ways or like, but like, look at you now. I wouldn't, I don't see that (laughs) sitting in front of you. You know what I mean? But like, you know, only you know what you've experienced and how it lives in your body and how it plays out in your, you know, how you are right now and how you've had to work against that. But a lot of times as women, especially as black women, we have so many things to take care of and so thing, so many things that are prioritized over our own healing is that we're not even in the position to be like, damn, this happened and it really hurt me and I have to really check in with myself like, damn, did, like, am I, are my feelings hurt? How am I affected? Like, how is this like giving me anxiety? Because we don't even recognize, like we don't even give ourselves the opportunity to feel the hurt or the mm, pain or yeah. process the trauma to even begin to heal from it because we're not quiet enough. And there's always something more important than you. You know what I mean? And and like being silent and crying for two hours is not on the fucking agenda. There's no time. There's no time for that. Like, bitch, clean well, that shit up. Yeah. And it's like, even right now in my life as like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, have, I'm in a good position. I'm in a really like healthy relationship. And there's still like remnants of like paranoia from a relationship I had fucking five years ago and I'm still paranoid in ways and I'm still moving a certain way. And I'm like, why the fuck is this living in my body? But I'm only realizing it because I've taken the opportunity to sit down and be like, okay, how has this affected me? And even like the book, like writing the book made me realize like, bitch, you haven't healed any of this shit. Mm. Like you've talked about it, but like, have you really sat in it? How has this affected you? Like that guy, you know, like someone hits you in the face one time Mm. while you're holding your baby. You know (sighs) what I mean? And it's like, you could like, live through it quickly and like know it happened. But like the processing of that is a completely different, looks completely different than like maybe telling your homegirl like this nigga then, you know what I mean? That's one part of it. And even like acknowledging it, but then like really sitting in it and like letting it sink in and letting like yourself go there again, because a lot of times trauma is so painful. You don't even want to revisit it. And even as women who are, business women and strong women and boss women and moms and like you know successful it's like oh i don't like i don't really want to dwell on that because i'm not a victim yeah i'm not an abuse i'm not from a lifetime movie but it's (laughs) like you too were also a dumb bitch and like i was a dumb bitch i was a dumb bitch (laughs) hi i'm jamila and i'm five years free of being a dumb bitch (laughs) maybe five months i don't know but but it's true and it's just like even i've said this a couple times because i was so I was so moved. I was shocked. Like when me and Erica did this audible because the headphones are on, I can hear myself and hearing myself read the words of the experiences that bitch I had. I was like, hold on. I need a minute. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting it to rest. Well, it's, it's that hearing your own voice. It's the hearing of your own voice without interference, without even you telling someone this happened to me and then validating you or saying something to you. It's just, this is what happened. And it's there. And it's there. And no one's going to comment. And you have to just decide. How that how, make, you, how do you feel? How did that make you feel? You know? How do you feel right now? Are you over it? Like, where is that stored in your body? Like, in your chest, in your stomach? Like, mm-hmm. why are you crying right now, bitch? I thought you were over it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I guess not. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that is really, that, like, that quietness is, like, what women don't grant themselves. And it's definitely, like, the, like, the fact, like you really need that to move forward. You really need that silence. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the retreat because we create, and, it, and it, it even sounds funny talking about it because we joke a lot and we're jokey, jokey, but like it's some deep shit happening over there. And we've created a space where we're like, okay, bitches, 
we're getting deep. You know what I mean? <laughs> like ready to heal. And like that feels uncomfortable for like a bunch of women you don't know sitting in a circle. Like now we're going to get deep. Now you're going to cry. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, hold up. What the fuck do you mean? You know? <laughs> but it's like, no, it sometimes requires for some stranger bitch to tell you in the jungle, we're going to cry now. <laughs> And then you then you have to submit, and that's why it's uncomfortable for a lot of women because we haven't given ourselves the space to just like to just feel the permission to, liter- to feel literally to just feel like cry. I know you have something to cry about. Girl, I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. You know, like it's heavy. It's yeah. heavy carrying this, and we don't have to, but we are, haven't been given permission to 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 remove the luggage and to undress and to like literally get naked and to be like, oh shit, like this is me. This is like, it's not that pain. It's not that nigga who hit me. It's not that person who called, said I was a hoe. Like it's not, (laughs) you know, all these things. Oh, there I am. There I am underneath the surface if I just get down there. But we are so like distracted and sometimes choosing distraction because it's it hurts to to heal Mm. it does hurt it hurts to heal but the other side is so much better and it's a constant journey and you can't be a soft woman if you don't really like go through the healing like you can't be vulnerable No, you'll just be hard a hard ass bitch (laughs) a hardened hoe hardened hoe. hoe. What, what was like the last straw for you like, was there a last show or you guys just cordially be like, okay, and I'm going to be famous. Catch you later. I'm moving. It was my son's dad. Yeah. Ooh, it was really, I just, we were in our apartment and I was just sitting there and I said, are you happy? <laughs> and he's like, nah. I was like, yeah, I'm not happy. Like, maybe we shouldn't get married. Like, what are we doing? Right. And we just kind of gave ourselves permission to choose what everyone you know, the opposite of what everyone expected us to. And it was such a thing. Like, you're not going to marry your son's dad. Like, oh my God, you have this opportunity. And I'm like, like no, I'm not. Not this opportunity. No, seriously. Because they're like, you know how many people would, would love to be able to be married to the person they have a kid with? And I'm like, well, more power to them. And how many people are unha- unhappy so just unha- following that fucking prototype? So, no, crazy. but th- that's literally what family members said. You know, knowing some of the trauma that we experienced in our relationship, despite the fact that we just weren't good together, that I I could not be self-actualized in that relationship at all. You Mm -hmm. know, so I knew and I I gave us permission to choose ourselves, you know, and I don't know. Granted, I don't know if at the time he was truly ready to let go of that, but I was. Mm -hmm. And I, I promise you, the moment I made that choice everything Opened just start up. it was like oh there you are now mm. i can well, the universe will start blessing you in that yeah. way when you choose yourself there's literally never a that's never going to be a bad choice um we talk about that on the book too about like sometimes people wait for relationships to blow up in their face for them to be over yeah and then sometimes you know like we interviewed a this girl her name's a bird's papaya and she talks about how she decided to leave her husband on a very uneventful wednesday <laughs> and it was just like i'm done Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like anything crazy happened. It was just like, we're not happy. Yeah. And then when making that choice, but then like how like the peanut gallery comes in and they're like, they're not, but they're not there. They're not with you day to day. Nope. They do not know how you feel in your body day to day. They do not know the, you know, the way your husband has ignored your pleasure or the way that you're not pleased sexually or you don't feel heard. They just see you show up at holiday events and smile with your kid and take these cute pictures. And, and that you're married. And, and that you did you're it married right. and you mm-hmm. did it right and you crossed off the boxes. They're not there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really, it's such a personal choice. And 
I mean, I commend you for making such a big choice at such a young age. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm so grateful that I that I called it. <laughs> it. It's not popular for women to choose their happiness. So you have to really be adamant about it. It's uh, it's almost highly discouraged. Yeah. It's like you are th third. And who cares if you're not happy? Is your baby happy and fed? Mm -hmm. Well, Jade, I know we got to get out of here, but there's three things I want to get to because... Since you listen to our show. Yes, I do all the time. I know that there is something that you probably have heard, and I feel like we should do it because it's going to be fun. Okay, let's do and it. And we've had, you know, a little heavy conversation. Let's lighten it up a little yeah, bit. let's do it. Let's play Trigger. Yay! <laughs> um, so, you guys, if you don't know, you've never heard, us, heard of this game. Trigger is a game we play with our guests, and we just say one word, and they say the first thing that comes to their mind. So just don't overthink it. And just go for it. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Mm-hmm. Spit or swallow? Mm-hmm. Depends. <laughs> Depends, okay. Uh, what, what day it is? Yeah. Okay. Edibles. Nice. Religion. A construct. Masturbation. Awesome. Non-monogamy. Natural. <laughs> Mushrooms. Fun. Childhood. Your childhood. Traumatic. Beyonce. The queen. Cardi B. <laughs> you know I love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to get it out of you. <laughs> her major goal. <laughs> love language. Words of affirmation. Worst choice. Ooh. Oh, my God. You said don't overthink it. That's a big question. Uh, I mean, I'll <laughs> keep it light, like not getting locks sooner. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I love it. <laughs> Pet peeve. Mm, being corrected. Mm. <laughs> What's your sign again? Gemini. Gemini. Okay, that's right. Pisces, Pisces moon, cancer rising. Ah, that's a lot of It's a lot of water. Yeah. Watery. Um, favorite position? Mm, doggy style. Whole face. <laughs> college bad habits um a lot <laughs> most toxic trait messy hairy pussy and i mean messy not like oh girl i mean like i am i will leave my clothes on the floor do so you think that's because you grew up in a messy home? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it's just easy. It's like what do you mean there's chaos? It's fine. It's, it's fine. Fine. I know where everything, everything is. is. I see nothing. What chaos? Everything looks clean. Yeah. Um you said hairy pussy. Hairy pussy. Um, not for me. I like I like it nice and clean. Period sex. I'm getting better with it. Acting or music? Music. Uh, hard no. Difficult. Mm. Celebrity girl crush. Ooh, there's so many. Oh my god, who am I like obsessed with? You guys. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity guy crush. Mm. This guys, who's my celebrity guy crush? And I'm not gonna be like my husband. <laughs> um I think who is hot? Y'all help me. I'm like having a you're like I can't tell you who. Uh, Idris? You said who now? Idris? I don't I'm not into him no more. Yeah. What do you mean not into him no more? He's, he's last season? He's We're over him. The girls are me. He's getting older and I just You don't like, like a little like some happy? I like his wife. <laughs> 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 She's cute. 
<laughs> Y'all, I'm really stuck on this, and I don't want to ruin was the it, podcast. What, what was it called? Desmond Deidre's? Desmond? Oh, Damon. Desmond. I, Desmond. Lori Harvey's. I think he looks like Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like little Nas X. I hear you telling you guys this. He looks Whoa. just like little Nas X. Never thought about that. I, as soon as I saw him, I thought they were the same person. I could see that. Yeah, that's why I don't get that. You know right. who's my old man celebrity crush? Yeah. Harrison Ford. He's fun. Mm. Harrison Ford could get it. I love him. We'll go with Harrison well, Ford. Over Idris Elba? I don't know. I'm not really into Idris. I saw. Days. I saw the. Maybe if pant. I saw him in person, you didn't see this. You didn't see the print. The... I saw the print. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Harrison got that print. So. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Biggest regret. Mm, biggest regret. Um, not taking up space sooner. Mm. Yeah. Motherhood. A balancing act. <laughs> and that concludes Trigger. Thank you for playing with us, Jade. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, do you have an affirmation that you can share with our guests? I do. Okay. I came prepared. Let me find it. Okay. So this is one I needed for myself because speaking gives me anxiety. And I think it comes from fear of being judged and... You know, I was doing, like I mentioned, the girl group. And so there was a polish and like a poise and a very calculated way of being that I haven't shook all the way yet. And I'm really ready to just show up completely, completely, authentically uninhibited. That's why I listen to you all so much because you are like goals. And I know it's a process. You're looking at me like, you know, we're still working. But I'm telling you, like the way that you're able to, to be transparent about who you are, things that you guys have guys have gone through, you know, that's goals for me. So I needed this. I am allowed to be myself and show people who I am. I am allowed to be myself and show people who I am. Because, man, that shit's scary. It is. It's scary. It can be very scary. I love that. Thank Thank you you for sharing that. Um, I also want to share an affirmation um, we have in the book. Once you guys buy the book, write this moment right now and with the link, the link in the bio <laughs> right this moment um the book is filled with a lot of affirmations in each chapter me and mila each share an affirmation as it pertains to whatever we're talking about um and in the chapter titled post-traumatic baby daddy disorder <laughs> oh girl mm-hmm PTBDD. Do we need to trademark that? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm don't gonna... say it on. Don't say it on. The By the time they hear this, this is gonna be trademarked. It's trademark. Sorry, too late. Sorry, started. We got to We have a website. Go, go, daddy. Everything. <laughs> um, this affirmation is Mila's affirmation, actually, from your chapter. Oh wow! Because I don't. I feel like. I feel like you're much better at the affirmations. I really love this one, um, and I think it's it it relates to what we were talking about here. Um, I forgive myself for choosing other people's safety over my own. I forgive myself for choosing other people's safety over my own. Yeah. Whoa. That, All right, Mira. I forgot I wrote you that. You did that, bitch. You I did about that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I did write a book, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I is an author. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, remember, the, rem- remember both of those um, affirmations, anyone who's listening and if that resonates, write it on a piece of paper, put it on a mirror, write mm-hmm. it in your phone, make it your screensaver, or just buy our book on Audible and screenshot it. And you Send know. it to us. <laughs> buy their book. <laughs> Period. Um, of course, it's tarot time, and we had our dear friend pick a card, and because she's a rich bitch, she chose the King of Pentacles. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you what that is real quick. 
Um, the King of Pentacles represents material wealth, financial abundance, and worldly success. This king is a faithful provider. He uses his ambition and confidence to create wealth for himself and others and generates his self-worth from what he has accumulated and can share with others. He is also a fatherly figure who provides others with advice, <laughs> guidance, and wisdom, especially in financial and work-related matters. When the King of Pentacles appears in a tarot reading, you are confident and successful at attracting and managing wealth. Mm, Not only do you identify opportunities for growth and success, but you also draw upon your self-discipline and control to manage your wealth and invest it wisely for the long term. Because you got debit. Look, come on. Thank you, baby. Uh, yes. And I just want to put all of this wealth into your next project that you have coming out in August. Can you tell the Thank people you. where they can find you and all the things that you have coming up? Yes. My name's Jade Nova, y'all. Mm -hmm. At Jade Nova everywhere. I have a new song out. It's called Butterfly, which is honestly so in alignment with all of this. And my album, Where Have I Been, will be around very soon. So stay tuned, y'all. Yes. I can't wait. And y'all know where to find us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Leave us a comment. Um, tell us how beautiful we all are. Only nice comments, please. I yeah, will don't delete you. I will, I will curse you out in the comments. When people are responding in the comments, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm the one responding. Um, I get the YouTube alerts on my phone. So don't. And she'd be like, did you see, she screenshot like, did you them? see what I'm this like, bitch said? I'm, I'm like, like mm -hmm. if you don't stop. Um, mostly they're good, though. Um, if you haven't rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, please do. Because all these white podcasts got like 11,000 reviews. And I'm like, how the fuck have we been doing this for five years and we ain't even broke 2K? Come on, y'all. I really need you to go and leave us a rating and review. It takes five seconds and it really, really helps and it really, really matters. So please do that. Also, you heard us talk about the retreat. We have one coming up in July. Two dates, July 5th, July 12th. We're taking you to Mexico, Sayulita, Mexico, also known as Pueblo Magico. The magic Pueblo because we're some magical bitches over here. Period. The property is gorgeous. It's ocean view, every single room, all inclusive, minus your flight. And there's just going to be a lot of magic and beautiful experiences, lots of healing, lots of fun. So this is the summer trip you've been waiting for. Everything's in this episode description, so make sure you check it out. Follow me, my personal page, at Watch Erica. And you can follow me at Mila underscore map. And I know you heard us talking about the book all fucking month and all fucking episodes. So please, you guys, support us by buying our book and supporting two black women authors. It's our first book. It means a lot to us. So thank you. Um, oh, and lastly, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon. We have a few special lessons over there, like how to navigate a sex party, how to roll a joint, <laughs> how to talk about cannabis with your kids. How to these... date as a single mom. Yeah, so if you need some how-to um, guidance, make sure you join our Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash good moms, bad choices. And we love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.